Welcome to Don't Waste the Chaos, the podcast where transparent conversations collide with business brilliance. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, formerly a 20-year HR and operations pro, now turned entrepreneur. I'm so thrilled to have you on board because guess what? In the heart of chaos, there's not just challenge, there's opportunity. Get ready for a roller coaster of insights, laughter, and a dash of entrepreneurial magic. Let's dive in and make chaos our playground. Are you planning to do a round of performance reviews this year for your team members? The only correct answer is yes. If you'd like help ensuring your rating scale is one that brings clarity to your team members, as well as aligns with your business goals, get our free download, giving you our five point rating scale guaranteed to help you see better results. Go to saltandlightadvisors.com forward slash five point rating scale to download our free guide today. Five point rating scale is all spelled out. Hello and welcome back. It's Carrie Roberts and I'm excited to have you back on another episode of our podcast, Don't Waste the Chaos. Today, we're diving into a topic that's near and dear to every business owner's heart, strategic planning. Okay, maybe that's just something very near and dear to my personal heart, but that's because I've seen so many peers in the business world wander aimlessly year after year, plugging along, but going nowhere. And then at the close of a year, they feel the burden of that lack of direction. So just in case your strategic planning fire doesn't burn as bright as mine, let's start out with our why. The first month of the year has already come to a close. And if you're like many business owners I talk to, you may have forgotten to chart your course, set your sales, and create a strategic plan that not only guides you and your business and propels you and your team forward, but it is not too late. Even if you're listening to this in Q4, it's never too late to gain clarity for you and then cast a clear vision for your team. So why is strategic planning so crucial for businesses of all sizes? Well, I've got my top three practical reasons to share with you. So let's explore starting with number one, direction and focus. A strategic plan is like a roadmap for your business. It lays out clear goals and objectives, giving both you and your team a shared vision of where the company is headed. This clarity ensures everyone is on the same page, aligning efforts and resources toward common goals. I had the opportunity to join the executive team for one of my clients on a strategic planning retreat in beautiful Negril, Jamaica during Q4 of last year. We spent our mornings focused on the business and the afternoons having fun in the sun. It was an awesome trip for many reasons, but as the fractional COO for that business, even more than the fun that I had poolside is the joy of clarity. Knowing that we have three strategic objectives set for that business for 2024, and under those strategic objectives, we have a list of things we need to accomplish as well as a list of tasks by quarter. If this sounds familiar, you may have read the book Traction by Gino Wickman. He wrote the EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. 
So while I don't go all in on any particular system or plan, I do take what I love most from many. And the concepts from this book are some of my favorites. So let me give you the Cliff's Notes or the Carrie interpretation, if that's helpful. So there's six key components to the book. There's the vision, the people, the data, the issues, the process, and the traction components. I'll pick out two of the most impactful to me, although they are all very important, and I'm sure we'll work through the others in future episodes. So the first one, setting your company's mission, vision, and values. If you don't have a mission statement, vision statement, or a set of core values, then how are you making decisions in a consistent manner in which your leaders can also be in alignment Or can you even be in alignment with yourself as the winds of business, the economy, and people change? In short, if you aren't being consistent, that's probably because you don't have these or you don't have them in a way that they're actionable for your business. You've got to have a true north and your mission, vision, and values are it. So let me run you through a quick exercise I learned from Donald Miller. He um, owns StoryBrand and also does the Business Made Simple podcast, which is one of my most faves. And he does something very simple for um, developing your mission statement. There's several different options here, but Donald Miller talks about this. So he gives this statement. I will accomplish X by Y because of Z. So it's short, it's sweet, and it's a jumping off point if you need it. You need one. That's a good one to start with. Okay, so when it comes to your values, here's my favorite way to develop them that is tried and true. And I'm gonna give you three different options here that I've seen work. So when I was at a mortgage company um, years ago, the CEO sent out an email asking employees to tell them what their top values or behaviors are that they felt employees could and should have to be successful at that company. They took all of those emails, which was about 100, and essentially crowdsourced the data for themes. Then they refined the themes through a large leadership team meeting and boom, they had their company values. Those have been slightly modified, but for the most part, they still exist today, which is about 15 years later. Now, back when I was a COO for an independent insurance agency, here's how we did it. We set a meeting with four of us as leaders in the company. We each came with an idea in our mind of an employee we wish we could clone. I can still picture this employee today. Marissa, if you're listening, it was you, girl. But anyway, we wrote out the top traits of that person. We essentially did this in silence. So we weren't wanting to collaborate at this point. We each had our little notebooks and we set aside three minutes to do this, to just kind of make a list of all of the things about this person that we felt like were awesome. Once we were done, then we shared those results with each other and we looked for themes across the data. From those themes, we developed our values. We were looking for three key themes and then we did definitions underneath of them, which were like one to two sentences. And those still exist today at that organization. In my company, Salt and Light Advisors, I did the exercise a little bit differently. I'm a small business and so most of it's going on in my mind right now. So I thought about the value I want to bring to my clients, the values I want each of my employees to exhibit, and my why. So my values are salt, light, and freedom and expansion. So I'm calling those three, even though they're four words. So salt. um, And if you have read anything about my business, I get the name salt and light from um, scripture from Matthew 5. So um, salt 
in my business and scripturally um, guided is wisdom, knowledge, and experience. So I want to have those things. I want to share those things. I want to share the reality of where a business is at today and be very candid, um, even if it's hard. The light aspect, that's hope and encouragement and a path forward. So it's not very great for me to go to a client and say, well, this is absolute crap in this area, but then not say, but you know what? Everything's figure outable, like um, Marie Forleo says in her book, um, but everything is figure, figure outable. There is always a path forward. Sometimes it's a really hard path, but it's one that can be done. So salt and light are my first two values. And then freedom and expansion. Freedom and expansion is why I started my business. I wanted freedom. I have been in the corporate world for the last 20 plus years. And um, I always thought my dad's an entrepreneur and I had always thought I would never own my own business because you work so much. You can never walk away. You put your family on the back burner. You know, I thought about all these different things. And what was happening is in my corporate roles, um, whether they were executive or director level or whatever, I was still doing the same thing. I was working a ton. I was stressed. My cortisol was so high. I just felt like I was out of control most days. I was never accomplishing what I wanted to get done. And so I wanted freedom. I feel like business can be done in a different way than most organizations do it. And I wanted that freedom for myself. I want to show organizations that they can have freedom. If they're stressing about HR and ops, I've been doing this for 20 years. I can help give them some freedom in that area. And I also want to give my employees freedom. Each of my employees, even though they're W-2, they set their own schedules. They tell me when they're going to work and what works for them um, and how many hours they're going to get it accomplished in. And that to me is freedom. They all work remotely. We only have one team meeting a month. And that team meeting, while we're doing work, we're also like building camaraderie, spending time together, having fun. I always bake for them. So that is freedom. And then expansion. I knew I was always going to make whatever the person that I was working for told me I was going to make. And while I've made multi-six figures in um, most of the companies that I've been at over the last decade, it's still like... Someone has to look at me and remember me. Somebody has to say, okay, your base comp is this, your variable comp is this, and this is what we're going to bless you with this year. And I can expand now in my own business as much as I want. Now, that may mean that I have to add new product lines. I might have to add uh, more work to my plate. I might have to outsource more work. I might have to hire more full-time employees. But regardless of what it is, I can set my path financially I can expand as much as I want. And I want the people who work for me to feel like the sky's the limit with them as well. And additionally, I want my clients to feel like they could go down the M&A path. I'm going to help guide them through that. I'm going to help make them feel safe. I'm going to make sure that we integrate those new businesses well, or whatever their growth and expansion efforts are. I want to help see them through that. So exciting. So salt, light, freedom, and expansion. They just speak to me and I know there's going to be words that just speak to you too. You just have to take the time and set it aside to name it. So I gave you a few examples because this process is flexible. Just do it and make sure it's meaningful. I'll talk in future episodes on how to be sure this is a living document in your business versus something you just hang on the break room wall, which is not something that you want. All right, let's jump into the second one. I'm only going to go into two. The second one is huge. It's the traction component. 
This is the one that ties in most directly with your strategic planning initiatives, in my opinion. Specifically, let's talk rocks. So I mentioned um, the book before Traction is amazing for breaking um, down a lot of the these, but specifically they talk about rocks toward the end of the book. As I mentioned before, I had the opportunity to set company objectives for a client of mine alongside the CEO at the start of Q4 last year. I saw her light up, and I mean like glow, knowing the language to use while casting a vision for her employees, knowing what she was going to be driving at, how it was going to be accomplished, and by when, and what tasks needed to be accomplished to make it happen. So rocks give you a way to check in with your team members and drive results in a highly consistent manner. All players are on the same page. They're focused on a common goal or goals. There's clarity in both expectations and direction. It's easier to identify weak performers and those that don't fit. And if it's big goals, it breaks them down into bite-sized chunks, which by the way, they should be big goals. And it gives you and your employees a sense of pride and commitment to know you're moving forward in an intentional way and making clear progress to goals. Okay, I could talk about that all day, but let's jump into reason number two of why you need a strategic plan, and that's resource allocation and efficiency. Whether you are a small startup or a mid-sized business, resources are precious. A strategic plan helps identify and prioritize the most critical activities and projects. By defining key strategies, you can allocate resources, which are time, money, and manpower. You can allocate those more efficiently, preventing wasted efforts on activities that don't contribute significantly to your overall objectives. One of my favorite activities in the strategic planning process to do with a client, if they're comfortable with it, is a full P&L audit. And if you're not comfortable with it, it's probably because you feel like your finances aren't in order. So you definitely need one of these. You've got to get vulnerable in your business and let other people help you. So just like the act of putting a time block on the calendar for any other projects, you have to do it for your PL audit. It's a chunk because it takes a while. So think about blocking out like two and a half to three hours to start. We're going to look at each bucket, determine if the right line items are in the correct space, and we'll evaluate and ask questions about vendors that are being paid, why they're being paid, and if you're getting the value out of each vendor. Many times that results in us pulling contracts and seeing what we should be getting and determining if we are in fact getting those things and if we actually even need that and if anything is redundant with another vendor that we're paying. It also helps us look at the budget for the upcoming year, making us better able to plan and develop year-over-year comparisons because everything is allocated where it should be at the end of this exercise. I can't explain how fun this process truly is to me because of the freedom it provides at the end. Over three years ago, I was struggling to catch my breath and was regularly on the verge of panic attacks. At the time, I was a COO and was completely maxed out. My therapist recommended I stop all the coffee I was guzzling and to help get my stress and anxiety in order. Since then, I've found Magic Mind, which was carefully crafted over 10 years with the help of their scientific advisory board. Magic Mind is a potent elixir infused with 12 natural ingredients that work together to fully optimize both your daily energy levels and your mental performance without the crash of caffeine. Want to join me on the calm mental clarity train? Right now, Magic Mind is giving my listeners $40 off their first order. 
Learn more at don'twastethechaos.com forward slash magic mind, or go directly to their website at magicmind.com forward slash Carrie Roberts, which is K-E-R-R-I-R-O-B-E-R-T-S, or just use Carrie Roberts at checkout. It also helps with process improvement. So if things aren't in the right buckets, it helps you talk to your accounting team or your office manager, making sure that things are categorized more uh, accurately moving forward. So if you and your team aren't currently doing this, set aside the time. I promise it's one of the most worthwhile activities you can do. And if you don't know where to start, shoot me a message and I can help. And finally, reason number three of why you need a strategic planning process, and that is adaptability to change. The business world is dynamic and change is inevitable. A strategic plan helps you anticipate potential challenges and opportunities. With this plan in place, you're better equipped to adapt to changes in the market, industry trends, or unexpected events. It also helps you with your people planning. It becomes your proactive guide, steering you through challenges rather than reacting to them. That's what we're calling a fire drill, and we all know in business we have them. I recently wrote on my blog about the resistance to change most companies are experiencing with their employees right now. So the 2024 Workday Employee Experience Trends Report came out and it stated employee support for organizational change has dropped dramatically. Okay, so support for organizational change was at 74% in 2016 and in 2022, it dropped to 43%. That's quite a leap. So what's an owner or a leader to do? Well, change is the only constant, as everyone says, However, in today's fast-paced corporate landscape, it seems that employees are more resistant to organizational change than ever before. This reluctance to embrace change can pose significant challenges for leaders who are striving to adapt and thrive in an ever-evolving business environment. So to combat this, let's explore the reasons behind employees growing resistance to change and discuss strategies that you as leaders can employ to foster a more open and adaptable organizational culture. So why do we think there's a rise of employee resistance? There's a few things here. Change fatigue. If you haven't heard this, you haven't been reading. So employees today are no strangers to change. The relentless pace of technological advancements, shifting market dynamics, and the ongoing, of course, impacts of global events I don't even like to talk about, but all of these have created an atmosphere of perpetual change. And wait, let me say, I do love talking about those things, but they are exhausting. And if you're my personal friend, you know where I stand on all of that, which is probably why I live on a 140-acre farm with ground source heating and a well. But anyway, I digress. So this constant state of flux has led to what people um, term as change fatigue, where employees may feel overwhelmed by the frequency and magnitude of organizational shifts. This makes sense. We can't be mad at our employees about this. We're probably pooped ourselves as leaders. The next one is lack of trust. So trust is the bedrock of any successful organization. And when employees perceive a lack of transparency or sincerity in the communication of changes, trust erodes. Skepticism about the motives behind changes can lead to increased resistance as employees question whether the changes truly serve the collective interest or if they are there are hidden agendas at play. And we know the question is around money. If you've never read The Speed of Trust by Stephen M. R. Covey, I would say it's not the most titillating read I've ever uh, read. It's more of like a textbook style read, but it is so good, super helpful. I speak at um, a variety of different organizations on this topic 
every single year, it's important and it impacts your culture greatly. So creating a culture of trust is huge. So the last reason why, I I shouldn't say last, but the last one I'm going to talk about of why employees are resistant to change is the fear of the unknown. Human beings are a creature of habit and stepping into the unknown can be daunting. And we all know some personalities have an even more hard time than others. So when organizational changes are not clearly communicated or when employees are uncertain about their roles and the implication of the changes on their daily work, fear can set in, hindering their willingness to embrace the transformation. So what are some leadership strategies to foster openness and help, I guess, combat this resistance to change? So let's talk about transparent communication. Leaders must prioritize transparent and honest communication. And I would add on top of that, consistency. Let employees know when you're going to be talking to them. I know that feels scripted, but if they don't know when they're going to hear from you next, they start to fill in the blanks. We all do that. So providing a clear and compelling narrative that explains the reasons behind the change, the anticipated benefits, and the potential challenges helps to build understanding and mitigate that apprehension. Open communication channels such as town hall meetings and regular updates, and these can go a long way in establishing trust. Maybe even consider opening up that um, employee newsletter again. I know a lot of those have died in organizations because they struggle for content, but if you're actually allocating time to developing those, they, they can be super valuable. I've reinstated those in several organizations that are clients of mine. Okay, next one is employee involvement. So include your employees in the decision-making process and seek their input. That can make them feel more invested in the changes. When employees have a voice and feel like their opinions matter, they are much more likely to support and actively contribute to the success of the change initiatives. I just posted a video on my TikTok and my Instagram and my LinkedIn recently about this, and I was directing it toward leaders, like, hey, leaders, here's how, you know, if you hear feedback from your employees that they feel like their opinions don't matter, here's what you can do to combat it. I didn't have hardly any leaders respond, but boy, did I have a lot of employees be like, preach, girl. So um, this is something that matters to people. They need to feel like when they give you feedback that it's actually going to go somewhere and that you care that you're listening. Okay, another thing that you can do is provide good training and support. So if you equip your employees with the necessary skills and resources to navigate the changes, this is going to go better, I promise. If you offer training programs, mentorship, support structures, this can help alleviate concerns about the unknown and empower employees to adapt to the new processes or the technologies more confidently. I loved um, this mortgage company that I mentioned before that I was at. When they would do like technology changes, they would do rollouts. One of them was called a rock and rollout. Um, another one, they used a picture of Ludacris, the rapper, and um, on the front of the shirt said roll out and had a picture of Luda. And then on the back, it was essentially for super users that adopted this technology first and were the go-to people on their teams. And it just made it fun. Like, is it still a change? Is it still painful? Is it still going to slow down work? Like, yeah, it absolutely is. But if you invest some time in it and even just acknowledge like, this is hard, we're going to celebrate it. Um, We're going to help you. Then employees can at least receive it a little bit better. Okay, lastly, we can recognize and celebrate progress. So acknowledge and celebrate small wins along the way. Recognize the efforts and achievements of individuals and teams during transitions, during times of change, 
And this reinforces the positive aspects of change and helps to create a more optimistic and open mindset. It's just modeling good behavior. So in a world where change is inevitable, you've got to recognize and address the challenges associated with employee resistance. So by fostering that culture of transparent communication, involving employees in your decision-making, providing adequate support, and celebrating successes, you can create an environment where employees are not just open to change, but actively embrace it as the pathway to growth and success. Remember, a successful change initiative is not just about like transforming processes. It's about empowering your people to embrace a brighter, more adaptable, successful future together. So you might be wondering, how do I make a strategic plan work for my business this year? And, you know, shameless plug, but I've got you covered. So at Salt and Light, we've crafted packages designed to make strategic planning a guiding light for your business. So whether you're a solo entrepreneur or you lead a team, we've got packages ranging from 500 a month to 20,000 a month. We're here to come alongside you, bringing some salt and light to your business. See how I use my values there? But even if it's not us, apply some of the ideas I mentioned before and just get started. I promise you'll be glad you did. So if you're ready to make this year a year of strategic success, get going or reach out. Let's chat about um, if we've got a package that aligns with your goals about how you can make your strategic plan a reality. Remember, a strategic plan is not just a document. It's your compass in the sea of business. So let's set sail together and make 2024 a year of purpose, focus, and adaptability. And that wraps up another episode of Don't Waste the Chaos. We hope you enjoyed diving into the world of HR, people ops, and small business with us today. Whether you're a seasoned HR pro, a business owner navigating the complexities of managing a team, or just someone curious about the dynamics of the workplace, we appreciate you joining us. If you found value in today's conversation, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. I would love it if you would share this podcast or this episode with your colleagues, friends, or anyone who could benefit. And two extra credit points if you leave us a review. We love hearing from our listeners, so don't hesitate to reach out. You can connect with us on social media or on our website, don'twastethechaos.com. And we always welcome your thoughts, questions, and suggestions for future topics. If you'd like to be featured, we'd love to hear from you. Before I sign off, a quick reminder to check out our show notes for additional resources, links, and any references mentioned in today's episode. As we navigate the ever-evolving landscape of HR and small business, always remember, in chaos, there's opportunity. Don't waste it. Embrace it. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, stay inspired, stay informed, and keep thriving in the chaos. Thank you.